This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Jennifer Black, who looks at a log and sees how it could become a bird or a lighthouse or a bear. With a chainsaw in her hands, she has a running conversation in her mind, changing what she creates as she carves. Black will be creating her sculptures in front of onlookers next week at the Altamont Fair. My hands right now are burning from running a chainsaw six to eight hours a day, she says. She likened chainsaw carving to playing pro football, which has an expiration date. But Black keeps at it because she loves it. If you can't love what you do, you need to stop, she says. When she's carving, she says, the pain melts away. Jennifer is on the road. She says she's always on the road. And um, that might explain if you hear a little something in the background. So, Jennifer, how is it that you became a chainsaw artist? So back in, I think it was February or March of 2012, I wanted to go, I had heard about this chainsaw carving competition, this big gathering of chainsaw carvers. I had never heard of such a thing. I didn't even know it existed. And I was just intrigued. I wanted to go find out what this was all about. Little did I know I was headed to the world's largest chainsaw carving competition in Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. And while there, I met wonderful people. The chainsaw carvers were just, they were like a warm, welcoming family that you know nobody is used to anymore and um I, after watching them for three days carve their masterpieces i thought my goodness they sure make that look easy i saw several levels of you know the experts and then some amateurs and i thought well i could at least be as good as an amateur right <laughs> so I went home after that and I went to the saw shop. I honestly knew how to run a saw. I didn't know how to start one. I didn't know where the gas went. That was a fun experiment. Um, And I started carving. The things I first started carving didn't really look like what they were supposed to, but I sold them. And I thought for a moment, I was like, okay, so if I can sell what doesn't even like what I was trying to do, imagine if I stuck with this and got better and I can I can do this I know I can do this and so I just stuck with it and every day got out there and carved whether it looked looked good or not I just did it so you said you came home where is home where do you live Well, I live in a little tiny spot on the map called Tyrone, New York. Um, it is in between Watkins Glen and Penyan. So I'm in between Seneca Lake and Cuca Lake. I'm really, really close to Juanita Lake, which is a really tiny lake. Um, I don't even think Juanita Lake is not part of the Finger Lakes. It's just one of the many lakes that happen in the area. And have you lived there your whole life? Did you grow up there? Oh, no. I, I lived in Corning. I was born in Corning. I lived there till I was about seven. When we moved from Corning, from 7 to 14, I lived in Virginia Beach area. My parents were just trying to find good work. Um, And then we moved back because we had some uh, family health issues with my grandmother. And when she passed away, my mother inherited the house. So there we were in Corning area. And um, back in 
I want to say 2013, I moved to Tyrone and that's where I've pretty much been since, you know, I, I kind of venture out and go to other places and kind of get lost, <laughs> but I always come back. Well, so what were your, what did your parents do for a living? You said they were trying to find work. <clears throat> so my mom, my mom had her children really young in life. So she didn't really finish out her education the way she was hoping to. So her jobs were really just labor jobs. You know, she had three or four jobs at a time, I remember as a child. And I do believe that that is probably where I get my just work ethic and entrepreneur attitude about life, that everything is an opportunity, everything. Every person you meet, every door that gets open and every door that gets closed is an opportunity. Um, and I get that from my mother. She was, she is, she's still alive. She is just a very hard worker and she always was. Um, my father was, you know, he was from the farm and he did, you know, logging and stuff like that, but he just, they just weren't making it financially in this area at the time. So everybody, you know, my, my mom, my dad, my aunt, which is my mother's sister and her whole family, husband with four children, we all as a caravan just moved down south for better. Just They wanted to give a better life to their kids and felt that they weren't doing that up here. So that's where we went. And little did they understand when they were, you know, they're in their 20s that um, it, it was the same all over the country. And um, it was just a matter of making the best of where you were. And so that's what we did there. But when we got the chance to come back home to New York, they jumped on it. So we... Well, I love this life's philosophy of your mother that you seem to embrace that everything is an opportunity. Um, yes. And I think it might feed into how you just took up this very unusual pastime. Um, yes. Is it unusual for a woman to be doing this? It seems to there me. Are only, there are only six chainsaw carvers on the East Coast that are female that I personally know of. There are more. I hope nobody hears this podcast and is like, no, I know of at least 10. Okay, okay. But I'm just saying that I personally know of there's about six um, total weight, not on the East Coast. I did the research a few years ago. I believe there are six in New York State. Yes, yes. I believe there are six chainsaw carvers that are female in New York State. There are probably 150 that are men. So you're greatly outnumbered. Um, oh, and yeah. how does that feed into when you get together for these competitions or does it do you what's it like being a woman among all these men? Is it a pro? No, no. You know, and the men that are in this field um, is once. I want to be careful because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, once I gained their respect that I was a chainsaw carver that was here to stay, I wasn't just a flyby, going to do it on the weekends or not that they have a bad opinion of those that do it on the weekends. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like once I gained their respect that I was in this to be alongside them as a real carver, you know, I never once felt from carvers, man or woman, anything but respect, you know? Um, they are a wonderful group of people. Um, 
Now, that doesn't mean there are some bad eggs. I've met some bad eggs, <laughs> but there's they're a wonderful group of people and they do act just like family with all the aspects of family, the ups and downs. <laughs> but um, you know, just they were always just so caring and willing to give me pointers. You know, um, there was one older gentleman, Pat Holbert, he's from Ohio. And uh, he saw me struggling with certain things on my saws and he come over and was like, try this. And it was like 30 years of wisdom in that one little turn of a wrench. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't have to spend 30 years figuring that out. So that's how it's been really the whole time. And no, the men in this industry give the women in this industry a great deal of respect. We are all treated as equals. We really are. So tell us what's it like when you look at a piece of wood, it's like a log. I mean, what okay. is it you see? How do you decide? I looked on your website and I see you make everything from bears and pigs to lighthouses. I mean, what, how, is it something in the wood itself that tells you or how? What? Um, just walk us through of. the process of what it's like. Yes, kind of. So I have a repertoire in my brain of all the different pieces that I can do, all the different pieces I want to do, and all the different pieces I have to do because I have orders constantly. And when I walk up to a log and I know that I'm going to carve this log, I instantly kind of roll through the ticker, the Rolodex in my mind of, okay, what do I have to do? Will that fit in this log? What do I want to do? Will that fit in this log? What do I need to do? You know, those kind of things. And um, once I've settled on one of those or even a couple, a lot of times, I'm not kidding, a lot of times I will stand there with the saw running in my hand, staring at this log going, now what am I carving? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't make up my mind half the time until I literally put the saw into the wood. And then I'll make a couple cuts and I'll be like, mm, no, no, I don't want to do that. So the conversation goes on in my mind the whole time, which is why when I'm at fairs, I never announce ahead of time, oh, today I'm going to make an owl perched on a limb with a little squirrel or whatever. I can't do that because my mind switches on me so quickly that I I can't announce ahead of I can't even announce to myself ahead of time what I'm going to carve half the time. But sometimes I go out with the mission of I need to carve this sculpture because I have an order and that's what I'm doing today. And so then I will just pick a log that I know that will fit in and I will carve it. So when you're at the fair, which you'll be in Altamont, and you mentioned you won't announce it because your mind has this conversation that's constantly running. What is it like to be, it's sort of performance art at the same time you're making physical art. I mean, what's it like to yes. have a crowd watching you? I love you? it. Okay. Oh, what is it you love, love about it? it? Well, I love their discovery at the same time of, as mine. So we are discovering what's in this log together. They don't know any more than I do <laughs> when I first get started carving it. Um, and we discover it together, you know? And um, I love hearing and seeing the awe that people have for this art. Um, I really like the shock value when they realize it's a woman. <laughs> Even with all my banners and my t-shirts that say Chainsaw Carver, Jennifer Black, they will walk up to me. Most of the time, it's my eldest son, who's my helper, and they'll shake his hand and say, man, you do great work. And he's like, 
I don't carve. My mother carves. She's the carver. And my son's wearing a shirt that says Chainsaw Carver Jennifer Black. So am I. There's a huge banner across what we're doing. And, and, they, and they, miss, they miss all of that and go straight to the man. And so I really like breaking that mold, breaking that mindset, you know, introducing to people yet again that all of us, men, women, we all can do whatever we want. There are no gender roles. A very and good I lesson. Love, I love being able to introduce that to people. I also, if I have, if I notice there's quite a few children in the group, in the crowd, at the end of it, I talk directly to them. I look right at them. I'm not looking at their parents. I'm looking into their eyes and I'm telling them, look, my parents were just as surprised that I didn't turn out to be a librarian, okay? <laughs> If you want to do something, you do it. You don't need special training always. You don't need, um, you don't need passion. You can literally do anything, anything you want. We live in the greatest country in the world when it comes to opportunity. For entrepreneurs, for people, you know, it doesn't matter how bad life got or how far you kicked down. You can always come back to the top. And, and that's kind of one of the speeches, if you will, that I give kids if there's any in the crowd, because I absolutely believe every bit of that. So tell us about yourself. The first time you came back from this competition and felt inspired, you said you had never even picked up a chainsaw. So how did you yep. learn? So I went, yes, I went to the saw shop and luckily they were really nice men there. And I said, I need, no, I have to figure this out. I need, this is what I want to do. And I explained it all to them. And they said, okay, for a good starter saw, here's what you need. And they handed me a steel MS-193. That was my first saw ever. Or I'm sorry, 192. The 193 came after. 192. I still have that saw. And I ran it to death. And while I learned how to understood the throttle and all of that, I, yeah, I just ran it to death. It still runs, but I'm surprised. And I carved all kinds of things with that. And I just, I got a piece of wood and I just started kind of, I had a vision of what I wanted to do and it didn't look anything like that. And so then I called up a couple of chainsaw carvers I'd met and I said, okay, I'm get, I'm just getting started. I really don't know what I'm doing. What should I, where should I start? And, um, you know, I, I figured out very quickly that if I was going to be a chainsaw carver for a living, if I was going to do this as my living, I needed very quickly to learn how to carve bears. It did not matter how terrible they were. They just needed to resemble bears quickly. So that became my focus after I carved a first first couple of things just for fun. And I um, quickly got good enough at bears that that summer... I entered into a competition at Cherry Springs in Pennsylvania, and I tied for third place in one of the quick carves they have. They have a quick carve every day, which is you have one hour to create something that's auctioned off to the crowd, and the crowd, uh, whoever gets the highest auction totals, um, gets first, second, and third place. I tied for third. And I was up against probably 15 or so carvers. So, I mean, that wasn't terrible for my first couple of months of uh, carving. And um, that piece that I made, I still make that same piece today. 
it's just, it looks a lot different. What is that piece? So it is a, it's a stump bear. So a stump bear is basically the face, the shoulders, and the front paws of a bear coming out of a little log, you know, sitting upright out of a little log. So it's that at the bottom of basically the tree that's growing behind it. So there's a tree trunk and some limbs coming off the side. And still, still, I sell so many of those. I was on to something in the very beginning, all the way back then. And um, a lot of the things I made, even from the very beginning, I still make the same design now because they are such great sellers. And it's almost always bears. And tell us about the aspect of competition, because I see you actually run a competition now yourself. Is that right? I did. Um, the New York State Chainsaw Carving Championship, uh, we've taken a few years off as a break, um, even before COVID. Um, so organizing an event is a huge undertaking. Anyone at the fair can um, attest to that. So what is it? Uh-oh, I've lost you. I've lost your voice. <laughs> can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me okay now? Yes, you're back. So yes. I'll just repeat the when question. A phone call, when a phone call tries to come through, it's really hard. Okay. So, so the question um, is, um, you had, had run the New York State Chainsaw Carving Championship. Just tell us what that's like to run a championship. Yes. So at each year of the of my event, we had about 25 carvers come from all over the world. We had them from England and oh, my goodness, we had them from everywhere, all over the United States and Canada. And um, I believe one gentleman one year was from Mexico. And so there was a lot. I, I had already established myself in the chainsaw carving community. So then inviting all these people to the event was easy. They, they gladly came. And um, we did um, a four-day event, and it was a timed competition. And they all made just wonderful, beautiful masterpieces that were then auctioned off. And half of the auction total went back to the carver to pay for their time. And half of the auction total went to a charity. Um, each year, the charity changed a little bit. One year, it was the Parks and Recreation Committee of Aaron, New York. One year, it was the um, Food Bank of the Southern Deer, <coughs> along with uh, Paradise Garden Animal Haven. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it includes all those words. <laughs> um, and they help uh, spay and neuter animals for low-income families. And yeah, so it was it was a it was a charitable event. So just in passing, you mentioned people from all these countries. This is a worldwide Sport, phenomenon yes. sport you call yes. it a sport i guess it is I a physical it sport yes, yes. you um, train for it you definitely train yeah uh, every day is training but um it's definitely very physical um but yes you said all over the world yes all over the world they um so are there differences in the way people carve or the things that they make oh, sure. say like so let's hear oh, about yes. say england or did you mention japan Yes, there are, um, I actually there's a there's a Japanese chainsaw carver that now lives in the United States. She's in Pennsylvania and um, I've gotten to know her quite well. And yeah. is it a different 
look. I mean, do they have, they don't probably yes. do bears as much as Americans. Right. Like right. what they is don't. it? How would you typify her carving or Japanese chainsaw um, carving? Well, her, her specific carving just has an insane amount of detail. Just that's the best way for me to describe her work. Her work is is just so superior to so many. Um, she's definitely a high achiever. <laughs> um, but yes, what people carve has a lot to do with what is in their area or what sells best in their area. It depends. If they're a full-time carver, then they're going to carve what sells best in their area. If they're just a novelty carver, you know, they just like to do it, then they're just going to, well, they're going to carve what they want regardless if it sells. But you'll find that they'll carve more of what's popular in their area, like theme-wise or without giving much care to what would sell. You know, I can carve anything, but that doesn't mean it can sell. And because I'm a full-time carver and I rely on this as my income, I have to keep in mind that so it sounds like bears are your biggest seller what um yes. what is your do you have one piece or one thing to carve that's your favorite or that you really take the greatest pride in um I don't know if it's that I take the greatest pride in but I do find the most joy in carving just cute little bear cubs <laughs> I just I really get a kick out of them because then I'll carve like nine of them in a couple of days, you know, and I'll have them all lined up waiting to be burnt and paint and sand and all that. And they just, all their different facial expressions and they just all look so darn cute. <laughs> they, I think, bring me the most joy. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier that your son um, works with you. Tell us a little about that, what it's like to work with one of your children. How uh, he's grown, I assume. How old is he? Yes, he's very grown. He's very grown. <laughs> um, he is 29 right now. Okay. And um, he was traveling with me for I'd say four years at least going to all of these events and working alongside of me. And he did pick up the chainsaw a couple of times. So he knows the technique of like um, furring the outside of the bear, like helping me get that pattern on there. So he'll do the back side of the bear while I do the front side of the bear. We sometimes will do that during our shows. Unfortunately, I just want to say, unfortunately, my son is not traveling with me this year. Oh. You know, at the age of 29, it's yeah, he's got his own thing to do. And, you know, <laughs> so... Hmm. Um, it's just me. I'm the only one there. But in the past, we, we've had a lot of fun with it. And, yeah. and it was great. My son and I have a really strong relationship and a really strong bond. So it was really great to have him on the road with me for so long. Yeah, I bet that would be. And you've mentioned uh, several times the process with things that I don't recognize. Are you saying burning or burring? What? Just walk us through the process Burn. of making yes. one of these. So, so. <laughs> I choose the log, I cut it to size, I bring it over to the carving pit, I debark it. So there's this long handled, used to be a crowbar that's been hammered down and filed to a point so that you can get behind the bark and just peel the bark from around the log. That's where all the rocks and dirt hide is in the bark and that's what will dull your chains the fastest. So I get all the bark off and then decide what I'm gonna carve and get to carving. Once it's done being carved, I then light my leaf torch, one of those leaf torches you get at like a Harbor Freight, and I burn the piece, not too heavily, just enough to take off that fuzziness. After you carve something, there's a fuzziness to it. Takes that off so it's a finer finish. 
If there's any char, I brush that off with a wire brush, drill the eyes out, um, sand off any parts that got burnt too dark that needed to be a lighter color, and then I get to painting it. I typically use spray paint. Occasionally I'll use acrylics if I need to. Paint the piece the way it's supposed to be. Insert the eyes, which are glass metallic marble eyes. Um, and the piece is done. So one thing you mentioned in passing is this is a sport. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about the physical rigors of it. I mean, it's yes. a workout in so itself. When I, first got started, when I first got started chainsaw carving, there was an older couple that I was, and I still am friends with. And I walked up to the woman of the pair and I asked her, I said, you know, I'm going into this full time. This is how I'm going to make my living. <clears throat> and uh, I was wondering if you had any words of wisdom or if you had to do it all again, would you kind of stuff? And she took a deep breath and a deep sigh. And she said, it's, it's a mixed emotion. She said, if I had it all to do again, would I do it? No. Oh. It has killed my body. I have arthritis. My back is shot. My hips are shot. It killed my body. Once I got started, I became addicted. Addicted to creating this epic art. She said, if you're going to do it full time, you can expect that your body will only last about nine years. Doing this art. Yes, it's that physical. That is why chainsaw carvings are expensive. Because we have an expiration date. We can only create so many pieces and then we're done. Our bodies won't handle it beyond that. And if they do, it starts to cut into your quality of life. So this becomes a double-edged sword. It brings me, you can tell when you're talking to me, it brings me so much joy to do this. But I'm, the reason I'm in my car is I'm on the way to the chiropractor. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, you seem to have beat her nine years because you started in 2012. You're coming up. I go to the chiropractor twice a week. So twice a week to the chiropractor. So yeah. are you in pain? Is that? All the time. All the time. Oh All the time. Gosh. I was sitting at my kitchen table this morning and I was talking to Alicia. We were having coffee. She's one of my neighbors. She comes up and has coffee. And, um, I, I was talking to her about it and I said, you know, Alicia, I've learned to ignore it. I said, but if I start to listen to it for just a moment, I can tell you first thing that comes to mind, my hands right now are burning and they are, my hands burn all the time. They burn from the, from the injuries that I give them by running a chainsaw eight, six, eight, six to eight hours a day. Um, <clears throat> it's a very, very, very physical sport. Just kind of like um, when you get into doing professional football, you have an expiration date. Your body's going to fall apart from what you're doing to it. The impacts and the hard work and the training and the just that life, you know. So it's the same idea in this in this uh, line of work. And um, it is a sport because we treat it like a sport. You know that there is a con there's a competitive side to it. Everybody wants to be the best. Not this person. I don't want to be the best. I just want to survive. <laughs> I don't have any interest in being the best. I don't want any ribbons. Ribbons don't pay my bills. <laughs> um, 
so it, it is, it's like this double-edged sword. It brings me the most amount of joy that I've ever had in my life based on what it is that I do for a living. Because if you can't love what you do, you need to stop what you're doing, right? Yeah. But it's this love-hate relationship because I hate the pain, but I love the work. And every time I pick up a saw and I fire it up and I get going, the pain melts away. I can't even, I don't even feel the pain, at least while I'm carving. I can't even think about the pain because I'm so involved in what I'm doing and I'm so in love with what I do that there isn't room for it. Remarkable. Well, our time has flown by. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Yes, please. Ahead of time, get on my Facebook. This is not an ad. I'm not trying to plug things. Get on my Facebook. See what it is I do. If you have a special request that you would like me to make for you, I need to know that now. Please don't come to the fair and ask me to carve you a six foot wolf. It's not going to happen. I need to know that where I've got those kind of logs at my property. So get on my Facebook page. It's Chainsaw Carver Jennifer Black. And look through the pictures. See if there's a special order that you want. And make sure that you contact me ahead of time so that I can bring it for you. Because I don't want you to be disappointed when you come up to me on, you know, Thursday of the fair and want me to carve this elaborate piece for you. And I just don't have enough time. Because after the ultimate fair, I'm headed to New York State Fair. So I don't have any time in between to do those. In this time of polarization, we provide a place where you can listen to other voices, hear real people who have ideas that may enlighten and inspire you, that may help you understand something in a new way. To suggest our next guest, email news at altamontenterprise.com or call me at 518 861 4026 extension 102 to support the enterprise consider a subscription to altamontenterprise.com slash subscribe <laughs>